Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This is The World in 10, the best of the times of London in just 10 minutes, every single day. I'm Bhavani Vadi. I'm Toby Gillis, and today we hear the latest from Gaza, where for the first time since the start of the war, some civilians have been allowed to leave. And we ask if those calling for a ceasefire have any understanding of Israel's raison d'etre. The first people to be allowed to leave Gaza since the start of the war between Israel and Hamas have now travelled through the Rafah crossing at the border with Egypt. They were mainly foreign citizens, but ambulances carrying sick and wounded Palestinians were also permitted to leave. Until now, traffic's only been allowed to pass one way into Gaza, with that slow trickle of aid trucks carrying food and water and medicine 88 injured Palestinians and around 500 foreign nationals, though, are expected to be allowed out now in this first phase. Alistair Dorber, the Washington correspondent for The Times and The Sunday Times, who's in Tel Aviv, explains how this was achieved. It seems to have been a deal that's been mediated by Qatar, and and the Qataris are one of the few countries that have uh, relations with both Hamas uh, in Gaza and uh, and with Israel. Other foreign governments are are involved as well. This is anticipated to be a a sort of stage crossing. Now, Israel's been bombing Gaza since the Hamas attacks that killed 1,400 people and kidnapped 239 last month. The Hamas-run health ministry in Gaza says more than 8,700 people have been killed there since. And as the conflict rages on, there have been calls from around the world for a ceasefire. Times columnist Daniel Finkelstein spoke to me about his latest comment piece on why those calling for a ceasefire, even if well-meaning, misunderstand the very essence of Israel. Israel was a project set up in defiance of a lot of world opinion because Jews felt that previous liberal good intent to protect Jews had failed. This week I've written in the Times about the film Exodus, in which Paul Newman plays a character that sort of uh, embodies Israel's view of itself and also probably American views. The character isn't willing to accept reassurance uh, that Jewish people will be fine. Uh, He's going to insist on that, if necessary, at the point of a gun. And you are not going to persuade Israel, my view, I'm strongly sympathetic to this view, uh, that it's safe for it to live alongside 
a force next door to it that wants to destroy it and has said so repeatedly. And it's not simply a question of whether it should or should not have a ceasefire. It simply will not. So that call is, in addition to being, in my view, wrong, it's also naive. It's a really insightful read and well worth taking out a digital subscription to thetimes.co.uk to read Daniel's article in full. So that's the latest on Israel and Gaza. Coming up on the rest of the pod, we have a desperate sports club owner hoping the fans' love for their team is enough to help him out of financial strife and a true David versus Goliath story. But first, Toby. Artificial intelligence, I'm afraid. Yep, that again. But science editor Tom Whipple's latest story on the subject it just felt too important to ignore mm-hmm. because... This, to my knowledge at least, is the first concrete, as in non-hypothetical example, of the tech being a genuine threat to humanity. This is about Facebook owner Meta's AI programme, which in itself is causing no problems, but because they've made it semi-open source, meaning users can tinker with how it works to an extent, is that that's caused major issues. Researchers found that with just a little change, they could get it to offer detailed steps for any member of the public to create a bioweapon. Mm-hmm. In this instance, it was based on the 1918 influenza virus, or Spanish flu, which you'll have heard of because it was mentioned a lot when COVID arrived. For reference, it's generally accepted it killed a mere 25 to 50 million people globally. So it's probably not that comforting, is it, Bhavani, no. that anyone with any nefarious purpose could really quite easily get access to how to do it. Now, Tom Whipple is usually one for espousing the positives of AI, but even he couldn't do so here, although he does explain why the researchers behind this felt it important to ask the programme to create a bioweapon. I spoke to Kevin Esfelt from MIT, who is one of the senior authors on the paper, and he said, we don't do things like this. Um, he said, our results suggest that any and all efforts to safeguard advanced AI against catastrophic misuse will be futile. Everyone will gain access to an amoral expert polymath tutor instructing them on how to most effectively cause mass death. Um, <laughs> this isn't, but on the other hand, um, you know, AI is quite, quite useful in, uh, in replacing general practitioners. So mass death, but uh, slightly faster healthcare. Scary stuff. Bhavani, though, before we move on to our next story in full, there's loads to read on the Times website and app today, and we just wanted to highlight a couple of those pieces. Yes, the first is a brilliant insight into the fear some in Central Africa clearly felt as they were de facto led by the Russian mercenary group Wagner. Yeah, you'll remember the leader Yevgeny Prigozhin died in sort of controversial circumstances recently. And so the group's influence in the region has effectively ceased. Now, therefore, there are loads of people who were clearly living in fear coming forward with new leads into a cold case killing of three Russian journalists back in 2018. They were covering the group at the time. I love that. And the next is equally interesting, if somewhat more distressing. It's quite the revelation from one of Bridgerton's biggest stars, Ruby Barker, who played Marina Thompson in the show. She's accused Netflix of giving her no support as she suffered two psychotic breaks. Yeah, Ruby's alleged it was covered up that she spent a year in hospital after the first episode. Uh, But the streamer kept it quiet to prevent damaging the show. Netflix at this moment in time, as we record, 
has not responded to a request for comment. Read more on both those stories on the site now. How far would you go to support your sports team? Would you help its desperate owner financially? Because Deshvan Chansiri, the owner of the football club's second bottom of the second tier in England, Sheffield Wednesday, has called for 20,000 of their supporters to give him £100 each, £2 million in total, to pay off a tax bill and even player wages. But be warned, it has to be done before November the 10th, when they have a deadline to pay both. He does also promise he'll pay them all back with interest, so... I mean, there is an incentive, I guess, although mm-hmm. it's fair to say there's a lot of anger towards Mr Chancery by Wednesday's fans. And given his family is worth $575 million, I'm not sure this is an offer that they'll feel compelled to take. We shall see. We shall. There are some parts of the world where history and heritage are of paramount importance. For the people of Provence, that's the case, and food and drink are perhaps the number one part of that. So when the inhabitants of a picturesque village there were told their local haute cuisine restaurant was being turned into a McDonald's, it's fair to say they were not (laughs) loving it. (laughs) Oh, that was good, come on. I see what you did there, too. OK, so far, more than 800 people from Serignon du Comtat have signed a petition against the move under the campaign header Pas de Big Mac à Serignon, or No Big Macs in Serignon. But the sense is they're likely to lose. Yeah. Research in France suggests that fast food is spreading rapidly through the provinces and even attempts to offer upmarket alternative burgers and kebabs have failed. That's a shame. So what's it like to be among the last bastions of a society to have a McDonald's plonked onto your doorstep? (laughs) Uh, A question we're going to try to answer now. Welcome to the podcast, Tom Stevens, who's from Rutland. This is the last county in England to have got one as recently as 2020. Tom, Rutland is a beautiful, well-to-do part of the country. Um, Was there much opposition to McDonald's planned arrival? Uh, well, there certainly was. There was a fairly rowdy meeting where around 800 people or so uh, objected. So I think your village in France is going to need at least that number because that didn't work for us. And what about now, Tom? Is it even a talking point still or do people just settle into life with the famous golden arches in their area? Yeah, definitely. I think so. I mean, every time I go past now, it's it's always absolutely rammed. And in fact, we, we managed to get some concessions out of them because they had to cover it in, you know, posh stone and wood to try and make it look more like the, the local surroundings. But yeah, it's on it's on a bypass just outside Oakham. So it's a good place to go in and get a secret Big Mac. So there we go. I mean, maybe 800 people can get some concessions out of McDonald's, but... You may have to live with it, I'm afraid, the people of Serignon. It's, um, McDonald's is a bit like the world in 10, isn't it, really, Bavani? It's ubiquitous across the globe. A seamless <laughs> link there, Toby. And with that in mind, you can catch us again tomorrow. See you then. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. 
Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.